you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, before you get to your episode today, let's uh, let's fill you in on what's coming up on Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky here. Bucky, what's up? Uh, we're going to talk about Alfred Morris and how his signing impacts the Dallas Cowboys draft plan. We'll talk about perfect pairings in the NFC North and the AFC North, and we also will break down a little bracketology, the Move the Sticks bracket, which guys should have the best NFL career. Not to mention some Red Star wide receiver talk. Check us out, Move the Sticks, on iTunes, NFL.com slash podcast, as well as YouTube. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. We'll introduce everybody. Maurice Jones, Drew, Alex Gelhar, Cardell Jones, Von Bell, all on the way for you. But right now, like we've been doing the last couple weeks here, we're starting right out of the gate with a lightning round. We still need a better name for it than lightning round. But let's go around the table. Alfred Morris to the Dallas Cowboys. Good signing, Maurice Jones, Drew. I love it. I think it's great. You have a power back now to go with Darren McFadden. Um... It works well. Alex Gelhar. I love it, too. I just hope they give him the ball near the goal line. He never gets any of those touches in Washington, so I'm rooting for Freddie Moe. Oh, we were just arguing about Super Bowl 49, and Alex Gelhar still says that the that Russell Wilson and company made the right play. Wrong, Gelhar. Next up, best QB as of Super Bowl 60. Will Russell Wilson ascend all the way to the top? Who will reign as the greatest quarterback of the Super Bowl era 10 years from now? I still think it's probably going to be Tom Brady. Maurice Jones-Drew, how say you? There's no one better than him. I agree with that. The only threat to him right now in my book is Aaron Rodgers. If he can win one or maybe two, he might surpass him. And dare I say, if Ben Roethlisberger somehow could win two in his 30s here, he might be in that conversation too. I think that's unlikely though. Next up, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew doing wonderful work talking draft, path to the draft on NFL Network and beyond. Name one Hall of Famer in the 2016 NFL draft class. Ooh, uh, is that Peyton Manning? No! This draft class. This draft class coming up. Coming oh, up. oh, this one coming up. Oh, uh, Miles Jack. 
I'm going to say the same thing. Good for you, Maurice. That's I was thinking of him too, but I'll say Jalen Ramsey. I've heard a lot of good things about him. I haven't watched him yet myself. I focus more on the offensive side coming from fantasy, but name and you said Peyton Manning there. Let's uh, let's round it out here. Peyton Manning's getting a uh, statue outside of Indianapolis uh, Stadium there. Although he says he's going to retire a Bronco, or at least there's words. They don't retire as a with a team. They just retire. I know, Everybody that. always makes this hullabaloo of like, oh, is he going to retire with Team X or Team Y? They don't retire with a team. What about that, Maurice? Did you retire a Jag? I, I signed a one day and retired as a Jag. Why? Why do you do that, Maurice? I, to be honest with you, uh, personally, I was just like, I just wanted to retire. But it, it makes sense when you spend – I spend the majority of my career with Jacksonville, right. so it only made sense to do it. Peyton, I mean, he won a Super Bowl with both. But when you spend the majority of your career with one team, obviously the Colts, yeah. you should, you should, they deserve, the fans deserve the, the right to say that you're there. Which is cool. I was saying more when they go into the hall, it doesn't matter if he goes in. As oh, you're going to go in the no, hall. No, but if well. he goes, you're going to go in the but hall. But Peyton specifically, go, retiring as a Bronco is thumbing his nose at the Colts. Oh, no? please. No. Then again, I think this is all for five year olds. Who is this for? This retire, the, fr- sign a contract for one day and then retire? I, I don't know. It's a grown up. That's the only contract I ever signed and I didn't get paid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I figured a statue, they should name the building Peyton's house. I mean, he built that place. That's so disrespectful. You just give me a small statue after I built this big establishment? All right, let's We don't know if the statue is going to be small. For, you it know, doesn't that, matter. That I don't care how massive. big. It's just say Peyton's house on the top of uh, Lucas Oil. Much to get to. Like I say, we have two Ohio State Buckeyes on the way. I will share with them my dreams of hearing both their, na- their names announced by the Pittsburgh Steelers at the nah. draft. I would like to hear Von Bell in round one and Cardell in round three. We'll see how they feel about that. Hey, we have much, we have a lot of other things to talk about here. Let's go around real quick. You hear their voices. Let's say hello to them on now. You see him on Path to the Draft. He's positively blowing up. He's the superstar from those Jags and then the Raiders. It's Maurice Jones-Drew, everybody. Oh, man, you got theme music now, too? I got to move up the ranks here. Shh, be quiet. Why is it going? <laughs> Yeah, it was a little disrespectful, Galhart. I was just impressed. Talking over his intro music. Don't talk over I also didn't know how long the intro song went. Just Do you let it want- go. Shh, just let it go. You want me to play it <laughs> now again? Now on. We, I mean, if you want to, I'll be quiet this time. No, it's okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll press forward and say hello also. You read his fine pages on NFL.com. NFL Fantasy Live. It's Alex Galhart. What's the poop with you, fella? Excited to be here again. Had to take a break. I'm also doing the uh, top 20 games of 2015 countdown with uh, Elliot Harrison, who I think's popped on this show a few times before and has done NFL Now with you. We're at uh, game 14 right now. True, so. true. I'm sorry for uh, for not mentioning that. No, that's okay. It's just an off-season series. It's okay, Shaq. I didn't know he worked here until like half the half. Still <laughs> didn't believe it. He I still didn't believe, believe it. I just I kept just, showing up on the white random couch people truth. on the white couch of truth, man. Hey, I also uh, asked a bunch of uh, big-time NFLers, J.J. Watt and Steve Smith and Rex and Rob Ryan and Matt Ryan and a bunch of other guys who they hope wins this upcoming battle between Batman and Superman. It's coming to the theaters this weekend. You can go to YouTube or NFL.com or uh, I think later in the week on NFL Network, you'll see the uh, the results of their responses mm. to that. Who are you guys rooting for in that one? Maurice, I start well, with you. I have a tattoo of one. So. <laughs> you do, eh? I do. I, don't, I, I have no idea which. I'm going to guess. Hmm. This says a lot about a man. It does you know, say a lot. About 20 years ago, it was in vogue to ask people which 
woman on Gilligan's Island they went to, and somehow this was uh, insightful about who you were more if you went for Marianne or Ginger. The correct answer is Marianne, of course. But uh, And then I thought – then, then the office sort of yielded a similar thing, you know. In the, I can't remember right. their names, Pam, or the other woman from the other office who's Foxy, who wound well, up. Uh, Parks Rashida and Jones Rashida was the Jones. actress's name, but I can't remember her name in the show. Rashida Jones is the correct answer there. And now we have this one: Batman or Superman? Philosophically, which way do you lean there, Gelhar? Uh, philosophically, I would go with the the self-made man in, yes. uh, in Bruce Wayne. Only he inherited his parents' uh, money and things like that. But in terms of superhero and ability and stuff like that, he wasn't uh, a god that came from an alien planet. He I see it. I, it seems up impossible. That that, that However, in the fight, if Superman wanted to, he would win. Superman, when he wants to, right? He's made of steel. But that's what makes shoot, him super: is he doesn't win, and he doesn't. He shoots lasers from his eyes. After exactly. All. How could he possibly lose that fight? By the way, I watch Gotham. On Monday night, this is a good TV show. It's all about the rise of all the bad guys and like Riddler and Penguin. This is a good show. I'm gonna start tuning in on a regular basis. I'm gonna guess. What do I know about Maurice? Maurice is a Batman guy. And oh no! Uh, <laughs> really? I would have guessed Batman too. I have Superman because I'm outside. I'm not like you said. He was out of this world. So am I. Ah, there we go. I get it, but I'm surprised by that, actually, because was, you're uh, somebody who wasn't heavily recruited. You weren't no. a foregone conclusion to be a star. I had a, my grandpa, when I was a child, gave me a Superman shirt, and he told me, when you wear this, you play like Superman. Hmm. And so until I, the day I retired, I wore a Superman shirt under every under my pads. All Is the that nice. true? Oh, yeah. Neat. So, I like that story. So I had one, one from the age of eight. All the way till 29. Well, when we played a little two-on-two basketball in Indianapolis, I felt that uh, you you did. When I bounced into you, it really was like you were made of steel because I <laughs> bounced off you by about six, eight feet there. It was embarrassing. Shaq is unbelievable. Hey, yeah. Maurice, great work on uh, Path to the Draft, like I say, shaking things up there. And uh, your mock draft is available now at NFL.com too. But all right, you mentioned Peyton, and they should, uh, they should build – a you know they should name the stadium after him and I don't think that's absolutely ridiculous as a matter of fact you know sponsorship uh, opportunities aside but who should be this is one of my favorite questions is who should the MVP trophy be named after everybody knows the Heisman trophy because it has a name and that and that iconic pose to it and yet the NFL and you know the Stanley Cup you can imagine it the Lombardi trophy has a cool name and cool look NFL MVP trophy, it's the most popular sport, and yet nobody could tell you what it looks like. It's almost hard to tell you who's won it because it it it's, doesn't have a cool name to it. I thought the MVP is like a smaller version of the, the Lombardi. Isn't is that, it? Isn't that what it looks like? I don't think so. That would be weird. They changed it. I think they changed all the awards recently. Let's they, say they all, they're all holding those those same like shield yeah. tower things at the uh, NFL Honors now. Dumb. Let's fix this now. Let's punch up uh, America's Greatest Game by giving a better MVP trophy, and it should be molded in the form of one of our great legends. Who should it be? And you can say yourself if you want, Maurice Jones-Drew. Gelhar, how say you? Me first? Oh, man, I was hoping you'd go to MJD so I had more time to try and sift through NFL history and who I thought would be deserving, but I, I could see it modeled after or named after Jim Brown. Jim that Brown, would be not yeah. bad. He's not one bro- of the all-time greats when NFL when the NFL first hit its height of popularity, and few players, maybe Jerry Rice, were ever as as dominant as Jim Brown was against his level as of competition for such mm-hmm. a sustained period of time. 
Well, I've asked that. I've asked a bunch of NFLers this question, too, and that's also available, I believe, on YouTube. And if you search for it on NFL.com, it'll uh, it'll uh, reveal itself to you. Um, I think Peyton Manning, I think he's won more than anybody else. Yes. He's in the conversation. Brett Favre. I, I I feel like it should just switch every year. So like, <laughs> just a new the, trophy. If you win the MVP, it should be all right. You just won the Cam Newton MVP, oh, right? And then, that's and then the next year, then the next year, whoever wins it, it is Aaron Rodgers MVP, and then Tom Brady, and and it'd be fun because then it's like you're always competing to keep your name on the trophy. So it'd be that's how you do it nowadays. You don't just go to a legend; you just let the new guys kind of come through with it. It's the 21st century, after all. They can forge a new trophy every year. Yeah. You, oh well, I mean, you're gonna have to build one, right? Because I get to keep it. If it's mine, I'm gonna keep it. Right. Yeah. So then you can just put my name on it, so we know who had it before you and under the recipient, and then the next year, you yeah. Just keep going and on then the you know, with the trophy that you have too, the last name on it is gonna be yours. Exactly. So that will forever be. The Cam Newton trophy. It's kind of like when you win a fantasy championship and they have all the the winners beforehand mm-hmm. or a Madden Bowl championship like I did, two-time winner. <laughs> you have that on there, and then you just go on. It's like, oh, look, man, such and such else. He won it too, but I, you know, I, you know, I'm holding it. It's right mine now. right now. Yeah. Um, all right, so the uh, the owners and the coaches and everybody are getting together down in Boca Raton right now. Let's uh, talk about some of those changes. But real quick, back to Alfred Morris for a second. You like you really do like that, Maurice? You think that's a good? Uh, could he be the lead back? I mean, he's. I don't. I just don't know if they they have a lead back anymore. I think they want to go uh, to a two back system. They feel like if you have Darren McFadden, who rushed for a thousand yards last year, but mm-hmm. you you give him less carries, keep him healthy. You have uh, Alfred Morris to be, you know, a, a, a starter or a spell guy, however you want to do it. I mean, you have a physical runner and, and, and Alfred Morris who's going to run through guys and wear down defense. And then McFadden, who can be that lightning in a bottle, can take it to the house from anywhere. It gives you the best of both worlds. You they know, signed Lance Dunbar, too, who's excellent catching passes out of the yeah. backfield. He had 21 catches uh, last year through three games before he had a, suffered a torn ACL. So he's he's fantastic out of the backfield, and that gives him another element with those two strong and fast guys. And Why is he – th- uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It strikes me, and I've uh, talked to Alfred Morris a few times, and he is – as sort of down to earth or, or unimpressed by his talent as any NFL should, football player, he's he a should. humble guy. Very he, humble. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, I thought you were saying he should be. He should be aware that he's not that good. No. <laughs> oh. Why is it that he sort of he is a guy who well, nobody talks about, and yet through all the tumult from RG three to Kirk Cousins and coaching changes and different philosophies, he just keeps on going. Why do people well, not respect him? Well, it I, seems to me, at least. I think the biggest thing is when you go when you're a running back and you go into a Shanahan system, you automatically are downplayed immediately because when you had Aaron Foster, for example, he was an undrafted guy. He does well. Um, we just didn't expect him to do as well. Well, obviously, Alfred Moore goes in 1,600 yards his rookie year. Then after that, it started going down. It has so, gone down. So, too, did but his carries, though, as well. Right. I mean, it's it's a weird picture because it was his yardage, it was his carries, and his yards per carry. So, right. we don't quite know what it was. But also, I think what hurt him this past year was it was a new coaching coaching regime, and they wanted to get their guy, and they might have got that in Matt Jones. Right. So, they, they kind of, and in their happens. offense, downplayed. It happens all the time. I think it's fun because I always like uh, little melodramas, and now the NFC East. So DeMarco Murray goes to Philly, and now Alfred Morris goes to Dallas. I love that sort of incestuous kind mm-hmm. of stuff when teams stay within the division That's so that you true. see him twice a year and uh, and you get to have a little bit of bang with that. But it disappoints me. Your mock draft includes uh, Zeke Elliott to those Dallas Cowboys. Does this preclude them from now taking the kid? Uh, it could. I, I definitely think it, it is probably going to in my next one. This is just point .0. You know, point out. That's all we're going to call it. We're not going to call it 1.0. We're just going to call it point out. <laughs> you know? um, I firmly believe, though, if they didn't take uh, 
if they didn't take Alfred Morris, that they definitely would have took Ezekiel at four. So um, it's going to change a little bit. But the mock draft, I thought, you know, it was just a fun exercise. I was sitting with Ike in Chicago, and I was we were we were, we were talking business, and I'm like, Ike, man, we should do a mock draft. It'd just be kind of fun to do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I started mine that day using his computer, looking at some film, checking some guys out. Um, and then he he's obviously working on his. I think he just turned his in, so it should be coming up here pretty soon. Um, but it's a fun exercise. I, I like it. Speaking of uh, of fun exercises, coming up in the uh, in the next few weeks here, we're going to get back to something we did two years ago. It's the all time draft. This one of 2016. Ah. This is uh, is expanding the pool. Same draft order as it is, as it will be in Chicago in a month. Same team needs, same rosters as they exist currently in the NFL. The only difference is we're expanding the pool of eligible players that you can draft from the collegians out there right now to all of time except for current players so as a for instance oh, i already know who's going number one in the my dallas book. cowboys could select maurice jones true as a friend nah, he ain't gonna be there am I, am I, am I, am I... <laughs> titans need him ah, at number one that's right that's right you gotta put yourself number one check let's look at this because uh, i do want to talk about these rule changes but now that we have your mock draft up here yeah. uh, a few interesting things what do we, i mean are the rams so the rams have announced in the last week Jeff Fisher's definitely their man. We know we know that he's locked in. They're extending him and so on. Right. He announces that Austin Davis is their man now. Oh, Case Keenum. I mean, Austin exactly. Davis. Case Keenum. We don't know who it is. Same guy. They're the same guy. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a difference. Could be either <laughs> one. Yes, Case Keenum. I'm sorry. Excuse me, Austin Davis. That Case Keenum is their guy. Yes. now. And now they announce, too, they're sticking with those uniforms, with those bum, ugly, bronzy, Notre Dame-y looking uniforms. I do think they said that there might be a change in the future. In though, 19, for, right? For this year, yeah. This year they're keeping it the same. You they have a lot going on, man. Right. Think about that. You got to move the whole – everybody has to move to L.A. You got too much stadium, going on. Like, yeah, there's a lot going facilities, on. facilities, figuring everything out. I've it's offered nice. my services. I My wizardry lies in the area of of uniforms. I've offered to help them design something. If they go ears. back to the old L.A. Rams in 19, that would be awesome. That would be That's great. what you want. I agree. The want. Deacon Jones white and blues, or yeah, they could go with the, uh, the, the Jack Youngblood gold and blues yeah. of the 70s. Either that's way, what, would be fine. You, though, suggest here's an outside-the-box one here. Connor Cook of Michigan State yeah. to be their draft pick. What insight do you have on this? <laughs> well, to me, um, just talking with a lot of coaches, a lot of people have been moved up to the third quarterback, right? And, and so, obviously, in the draft, you have uh, we ha- have Jared Goff going to the Browns, Carson Wentz going to the Niners, and the Rams need a quarterback. Well, conventional wisdom was until – I think this is literally the first time I've seen anybody advance this – because it was Paxton Lynch was the guy. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people. He, he's kind of fallen down, and I don't know why. I, I really didn't ask why. To me, it doesn't matter. But um, I just feel like when you have a pro-ready guy who's played on a big stage before, you got to think you're coming to L.A. So you have to, you know, when you get these kids from schools that haven't been on the big stage, it's tough for them to go out here and see these lights. I, I just remember playing New York, and guys on my team like, oh, this is New York City. Where see me? I was in L.A., so I was like, shoot, this is why this is yeah. what I I should have been drafted here because this is what I do. I, I love the big lights, right? So you need a guy that's able to stand up when the lights are shining bright. And I think Connor Cook is that guy. I think he's played in big-time games. You obviously at Michigan State, you played Ohio State, you played in the college playoffs. You've done some things. He's the most winning, winningest quarterback out of Michigan State. You think about the guys there, Kirk Cousins, Brian Hoyer, all these big-name quarterbacks that have come out, and he has more wins than them. Wait a right? second. The winning thing, we have to stop but, this. But this is what I'm going to tell you. The reason I'm going to say that is is he doesn't do anything crazy. He doesn't like – he's not going to uh-huh. wow you with his arm or anything, but he doesn't make mistakes either. And so with the, if you think about the Rams, their issue last year, they turned the ball over way too much. 
Their quarterback was making horrible decisions, things like that. So why not bring a guy in, which I like to call, I call him the bus driver, right? If you, I don't know if you guys ever had to take the bus to school, but the bus driver always picked you up on time. Yep. He always got you from A to B. You were safe. You were good to go. That's what you need. I mean, the Broncos showed it best. Peyton Manning had to be the bus driver. He couldn't He couldn't be the, the NASCAR guy anymore. He couldn't be dad taking the son to school, driving his fancy car. He had to t- take the, the yellow bus. And that, that's how you win. I hear you. But how much, I mean, because there was a lot of talk in the last, or there has, continues to be the last four months or so, that Connor Cook not being a captain in Michigan State is a big deal. That means he's not likable. How much re- realistically does it matter to grown-ups? Now, forget the college yeah, thing. Right. How much does it matter to grown-ups playing pro football that the QB is a likable fella? I, I don't think it's a likable. I just think that people have to be able to be around you. Right, so it, it like I mean, for example, um, a lot when we drafted Blaine, um, a lot of people were skeptical because he had some issues coming out of college that you know people thought he was an a hole or whatever. But Blaine was just Blaine was Blaine. Like it, it, he never changed who he was. He always came out there with a good attitude. Uh, regardless if you didn't hang out with him at night, it, it, I mean that just happens. People don't get along. But I think when you talk about Connor Cook. He's a guy that's going to show up to work every day. That's all I care about. I don't care if I like you or not. As long as you show up to work, when we get on the field, you give me the best opportunity to win. That's all I care about. And so I think for uh, the Rams, the L.A. Rams, is that that's what they need. They need a guy to be able to just check the ball down, no one to check it down, no one to give it to Gurley. Take no, care of his business. Take not, care of his, like you said, not make mistakes. Yeah, as long as you don't make mistakes, I feel like the Rams, that's what they're, they're away. Case Keenum, I get it. He was a hot quarterback in college, went to Houston, did all that with the Texans. I played against him a couple times with the Texans, but he gets erratic. And a rag gets you to eight and eight. All right. So if we're trying to get over eight and eight or seven and nine, I need a guy that's going to take care of the ball. He's not going to wow you, and that's okay. You have Todd Gurley to wow people. You have Tavon Austin to wow people. I just need a guy that's going to be able to get look those at, guys the ball. Look at what so Teddy they, Bridgewater just did in Minnesota. He drove the bus, handed it off to Adrian Peterson when he did. Let that defense take care of business. They beat. They ended up beating the Packers for the NFC North title, and we're in the playoffs, and we're a missed field goal away from going to the division. Hey. Round. Drive the bus, Shaq. I hear Drive you, man. I, in a situation like that, the model is within the division to to refer to the Seattle Seahawks. You don't need – I mean, Russell Wilson is dynamic and special in the way he makes plays in the second quarter. The thing about Russell Wilson, that people want to knock him, by the way, just a quick side note because we just wrapped up the uh, my ranking of quarterbacks by the decade through the Super Bowl era up and through Super Bowl 60 even. And people – everybody's got their uh, their – their prejudices against this guy or that. A lot. I, I can't believe all the negativity about Cam Newton. It's still the same old stuff. You thought that people might have been shamed out of that stuff, but no, there there's still a huge segment of the population that's like Cam's selfish and doesn't care about anybody but himself, and and he fades in the on the big stage, and he's never won anything, and he's only had one good season. And like, have you been paying attention at all? What <laughs> what are you talking about? But so that's one. And Russell Wilson is just a game manager who's never done anything but to me it's he has that sort of um I can't think of uh not uh not the Schwarzenegger character but the T2000 what is it the T who's the T1000 or the, the T1000 yeah, is T2 yeah, right T2. Robert Patrick exactly. right that he's got that sort of vibe about him like no matter what you do to the Seahawks and Russell Wilson it just seems like man you can't kill that guy like he just keeps right. on going and Especially that's the worst thing year. to play against is like man we cannot get this guy off his game. He's just going to keep well, on coming. I think the biggest thing is, you know, when he has a running game, he's really explosive because he can use his legs and he can do the play-action pass. But to me, the biggest thing is when the game's on the line, you know he's going to make a play. I don't know how he's going to do it. I know. We, I mean, we watched it on the White Couch of Truth. Like, yep. I'm like, they're down. It's over. 
And then against the against the Pittsburgh Steelers, he, he finds what he brings them. It's just like, how does this guy do it? I don't know what it is. He just has what we like to call and, that moxie. Right. And like you said, the T1000 comparison is good this year because traditionally he always had that running game. He could do the play-action boot. Mm-hmm. And he could scramble on his own. But this year he lost his running game because Marshawn went down. Thomas Rawls went down for periods. So Russell actually just had to sit in the pocket and just shred defenses that way, which was a part of his game he didn't really have as adeptly as he did this year. And he torched defenses the second half of the year just from standing in the pocket. He wasn't even scrambling. I'm surprised that we don't see on uh, Maurice Jones-Drew's list here one Devontae Booker. That's who I love, I, man. Can you imagine if the Seahawks, everybody, I, like, here's the wild card. You mentioned that running game. What if at, at uh, 26 they I go could, for Booker out I of could, Utah? I he could would see be Booker, because, but my, I don't know what his knee is like, and I don't know about his pro. I haven't got a chance yeah. to see any of those. But, like, as I was going through this, a lot of things, when you look at the Seahawks, the Seahawks were really good when Brandon Ebang was playing well, mm-hmm. right? When he was playing well, they can get to the passer. They could do a lot of things. He's the key to that defense. Now, people think it's Michael Bennett, and I think he's a really good player because he can move around. But when Mebane was rolling and he was beating that center and guard up the A-gap, you notice everyone was getting pressure. They were able to stop the run really well. So he goes to San Diego, I think, in free agency. You pick a guy just like him. I mean, the, the, I, a clone. I want to say, yeah, Andrew Big- Billings is a clone of Brandon Meebane, a quick guy off the ball. You see his explosions when he runs a 40. It just feels like, especially if I'm Pete Carroll, and that's my baby, like, see, if I'm an offensive guy, and I and we need our we a lot of guys left on all. I'm gonna make sure I get the best guy I can to fit. Let me tell you same. something. I agree with you. You have at number 26, Andrew Billings of Baylor going to the Seahawks there to fill that uh, that spot for the Hawks. I have a hunch now. Von Bell is attractive to Pittsburgh and to other teams that are in need of uh, right. more athleticism at the back end. There, I wouldn't mind getting him as a Steelers fan, but I have a hunch they're going Andrew Billings in that spot. Ooh, they had, the Seahawks or the Steelers? The Steelers. No, 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 the, no. The Steelers are going all secondary. They got to go. I don't secondary. think they're they going, are. I think they like. I think they like Senquez Golson, who they took last year. They, they might, but they need. They, you lost Blake, so you right. need to replace him. And then they also they got to replace that, some of those safeties. I mean, they had some bad play. I know. I know they uh, did. You're what's, right. What's the safety that you guys just signed from Carolina, Mike? Uh, Mike Mitchell. Yeah. Mike Mitchell. I know he's good. You paid him a lot of money, but he he's kind of questioning back there. I mean, he has some good plays. I was watching him versus the Raiders this year. This year he had a couple turnovers, but he also made some boneheaded plays too. I mean, we saw the one against the Bengals in the playoffs where he just let AJ Green run right in front of him and catch a touchdown. But I that was one of the weirdest plays that you'll ever see. It's very particular. You have to go back and find <laughs> it. But it really is. What are you doing, Mike? Mitchell. There's no one there. Your heels yeah. are your heels are on the back line in the end zone. What are you doing? Exactly. But, but I, anyway, but talking with Ike, I mean, and you know, Ike obviously is real involved in the Pittsburgh organization, the Steelers organization. Um, they they really feel like they need to get another corner. They feel like they're a corner and a second, like a safety away from really making some some change. And so you you never know. You can see D lineman because that helps your secondary. And, and from talking with my agent and a couple other coaches. Uh, a lot of people feel like you can get a starter in the fifth round defensively in this draft because it's yeah. so deep. Everybody said defense. The defensive line is the deepest part of this draft. So you know, looking at the the cost evaluation there, like it makes more sense to get a guy like uh, in the secondary at the back end of the first round because when they pick again in round two or round three, they could still get a guy that's going to be a solid starter for them. Couple more things with uh, Maurice's uh, mock draft here. Um, to dig in on the Oakland Raiders. Everybody is going gaga for them because of uh, what they've done in free agency here. You have Eli Apple of Ohio state uh, going to Oakland there either way. I mean, by the way, if they could, if Zeke Elliott does fall take and him. he's there, they're they taking gotta him. take him. But I don't, that would to be, be honest, great. I, I heard that th- there's a couple of teams that if he falls, uh, Eagles, they're one. Eagles, yep. Eagles, the Bears are another. A lot of people haven't. That wouldn't the surprise Bears, me at all. The Bears are really talking about if he's there, 
and this is just from, you know, people just out there in Chicago talking. If he's there, they're going to have real conversation about him. Well, because they, you know, the thing is, a lot of people were high on Jeremy Langford last year, but the Bears made moves this offseason that make you real, make you believe, and the way they split up those carries with him, right. Kadeem Carey last year, that they're they're not sold as Langford as the the future or true centerpiece of that offense. And Ezekiel Elliott is a centerpiece of an offense, man. The so. Dolphins at thirteen, yep, they'll take him because they can't sign him back to save their life right now. <laughs> yeah, in Oakland, yeah. So. Uh, the reason I put Eli—that's why in the all-time draft, as I map that out, they're looking at names like Tony Dorsett. Oh and, yeah, uh, Barry Sanders, right? Oh, now. you got to take Earl not, Campbell out of Texas might be uh, where they look. One. I think yeah. Barry would be, fit their system because they're in that shotgun zone deal. Uh, but the reason I went Eli Apple with the Raiders because that's what kind of corners they like. They like those six-two, six-one, two hundred-pound corners, guys that are going to be put them on the other side of Sean Smith. How about Yikes. that? But now, from what I'm hearing, he's moving up the boards too. They say he might go in the top ten. Eli Apple continues yeah. to ascend. He, he continues to go. I mean, so you can see him in Tampa. People are talking about Tampa liking him. Um, you know, Vernon Hargraves can go to the Cowboys now since they got another back. You know, I, I mean, so there's going to be a lot of change in uh, the I would have surprised if the Cowboys went edge there too at number four now. Who do you think? I, I mean, I've seen Bosa there. No, like, don't get do Buckner. That. Like, they might they might take an edge. They would I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go Bosa. And, and the reason I, don't I wouldn't think I would go, go Bosa, Bosa because but. there's a lot of – if you ask Ohio State players about it, now they say Bosa's a hard worker, he's going to do a really good job, but they all firmly believe that because Noah Spence was there, he had a ton of sacks because of that pressure from the other side. Mm-hmm. If you look at when Noah Spence wasn't there, and and people say, well, they're sliding the line to him, they're doing this. Well, when you're when you're when you're a dog is what we like to call it. When you're that guy, it doesn't matter what they do, you're going to go and get pressure. You know, look at Von Miller. People slide the line to Von Miller all the time, even before Demarcus Ware got there, and he was getting after people. So. When you go from 13 sacks with how many ever sacks he had when Noah Spence to five, that's an issue for me. He was. I did see somebody made a cut up of all the times he was getting triple blocked though, and that's that's hard. I mean, I know if it's you're college, but it's it, college but. though. See, you have to you have to realize the difference between college and the pros is there's on the line. There's probably two guys that aren't going to play football ever. Oh, game. absolutely. If you think about it in these terms, it's hard to get away from the recent evidence, and uh, it's not being a prisoner to the moment. But in the copycat league, you kind of do have to observe. That defense, I I get tired of people saying defense wins championships because that's not exactly true. But it's hard to avoid the reality that the Panthers and Broncos just reached the Super Bowl. I'm not talking about made the playoffs and were really good. I'm talking about the teams that played in the Super Bowl. The year before that, the Patriots were more offensive. But with Darrell Revis, that was the missing piece to them finally getting over the hump against who? The mighty Seattle Seahawks defense. The year before that, the Seahawks housed the offense-heavy Denver Broncos. The year before that, the mighty 49ers and the uh, historically uh, sound defensive Baltimore Ravens. So it's hard to argue with that. All that being said, the Dallas Cowboys, you're right that they should that the uh, that they should take Miles Jack is what that's they should what, do. Yeah. Oh, they could take him too. But I could see Cleveland taking Jack at two as well. Maybe, but Zeke Elliott or I mean to me also the other the uh, if I'm Jerry sitting there and by the way, Jerry doesn't get nearly enough credit. The Greg Hardy signing was I'm, I, 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 what, it was a great football signing. Ah, uh, but he but I mean what 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 you couldn't what you didn't know was would he behave himself, and he didn't behave himself. But, but what people fail to realize, if you really watch the tape and what it went down that year, or after he – remember he tore Tom Brady apart. I mean, two yeah. sacks back-to-back, was hitting him all over the place. After that, I started watching to see, because one of my good friends who works in the organization, 
He's like, just watch some of the games. So I started watching him. He was getting doubled and triple teamed as well. So they started to shut him down, and they had no one else. Because remember, uh, the young kid, Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory wasn't playing. And then they had the Demarcus uh, Lawrence. Right. Lawrence. He wasn't really doing anything. And they, and then Mincy was. I mean, they just didn't have the connection. So people were like, look, we're just going to double team him, and we're going to force everyone else to beat him. So now you're talking about, you're talking about Joey Bosa getting double teamed to college to a guy like Greg Hardy. Getting double teamed in the league. Right. I wasn't saying that was the best fit. I was just throwing out some of the edge. No, I hear you. I, there. I, I, I'm with you, Gelhar, but I also feel like if you are Jerry Jones and you think Tony Romo's window's closing, we don't know about who the future QB is going to be, let's, uh, for the here and now, what puts you in better shape to make a real run in 2016 and maybe 2017? Laquan Treadwell or Zeke Elliott? Imagine Zeke Elliott. What if Zeke Elliott gives you anything close to what Todd Gurley gave the Rams? As the Cowboys are presently constituted, oh, they're, they're not going to lose a ton of shootouts with anybody no. doing it that way. They're not going to lose. I mean, you think about the playoffs, and this is the other thing. Offensively, you can get to the playoffs, right? You can get your team in the playoffs with a lot of offense production. But once it starts to get cold, you have to have a running game and a solid defense. I mean, before the Cowboys had this, like, terrible fall last year, remember they were in the, the, the divisional round against the Packers and beat them. The game was over. He, ca- he caught the ball. I don't care what they say. It was a catch, Right. And so now a couple, you know, this is one of those things where I just think this is a blessing more than it is. Yeah, a 2015, curse. just a mulligan. Year yeah. For, so for now the you're, you're the number four. I might as well go get the best player available right. and just add to my roster and go on and so forth. Right. right. So why not get Ezekiel Elliott and then add because we know we're going to be back to where we got to do because Dez is going to be healthy. We might get go get Treadwell. And it's a defensively heavy draft here, too. So if you take one of the few breakout, five, you know, blue chip, five star guys, or however you want to describe Zeke Elliott, if he's that much of a difference maker, boy, it'd be awfully hard. But a juicy spot for the Cowboys to sit in real quick, and then we're moving on. I'm curious, explain to people, because this is the time of the year annually where football fans get awfully pretentious about how good they, we got to have Laquan, we, we, you know, we got to take Laramie Tunsil, oh, he's going to be, you don't know, you don't know about offensive linemen, how good one is, why is Miles Jack? So desire. Why is every guy in the NFL, why every personnel guy, just going absolutely gaga over Miles Jack? Because there's not one player that I think has been in the league that you can compare him to, right? So hmm. if you think about it, this kid has played cornerback, he's played nickel, he's played safety, middle linebacker, he's rushed the passer his freshman year, and then he played running back. He's the most versatile player in the league. And when you can add to that, especially when you play teams like the Patriots like to spread you out or you play teams that like to, you know, the, the Houston Texans, and you can have a linebacker cover receiver or a linebacker cover a tight end and it's not a mismatch, I think that's it makes your defense that's, that much more better. So when, when I have him going to Jacksonville, obviously I'm biased. I, I want him to go to <laughs> Jacksonville. I just don't know if he'll be there. I mean, this kid coming off a, a meniscus repair mm-hmm. jumps a 40, a 40-inch vertical. Not only does he he's do that, explosive. he's explosive. He plays with an edge, an attitude that a lot of guys don't play with, and he brought that to UCLA. Like he changed the culture of UCLA by himself. So you have a guy that can change the culture of your team immediately. He takes nothing from no one. Hmm. And that's what, another thing. I, like I, when I was talking to coaches about him, they're like, "Well, what do you think?" I was like, "Well, I went to school one day to watch to watch him because I heard from a couple of my boys like, oh, we got this linebacker. He's really good.'" I'm like, "Oh, we'll see." So I went there, and I'm trying to check. I'm trying to figure out where he is. And I'm like, where's Jack? Like, where's he doing? You doing one-on-ones? Is he hurt or something? Like, oh, no, he doesn't do one-on-ones over here with the running backs and tight ends. He goes with the receivers. And I looked. He's man-to-man locking guys up at the line of scrimmage. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. So then his sophomore year, he covers Nelson Aguilar, who is a first-round pick, mm-hmm. right? Held him to two catches for, like, 20 yards or something. Covered him man-to-man by himself the whole game. So when you get a linebacker that can 
uh, obviously stop the run and then play like that in the passing game. That's what makes him so intriguing. It's like I wouldn't be surprised if they question, they think about him at one for the time. Yeah, I was just gonna he, say he becomes like a chess piece then, like Palomalu right. was yeah. for the Steelers, or like Tyron Matthew is and uh, Dan Buchanan for the Cardinals. Like they can just slot him around wherever to create mismatches in their favor. And he's really smart. And, that, and that's the other thing. A lot of people he, he's able to understand defense where he fits. I mean, I was watching some of his highlights today. He's covering guys in the slot, breaking on outs like a DB. Then against UNLV. When their all their corners went down, so thirties out there playing corner and cover three. I'm like, what else do you want? He's 240 pounds and he's probably going to run a four 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 three, and he can cover guys in the slot. Well, and and he has two first names. Yeah, and I wonder name. when you mention his number, what number he'll wear then? Given that, what will his official position be? Linebacker? He'll wear number 40. He probably yeah 40 or 50 because I mean. he can't wear 50 in line and and be a defensive back. They have those weird rules in the NFL about like what number. You're but you can you can play stuff. zone or man, you can still go out there. They don't know. All right, he'll be a linebacker and he'll just move out. I'm assuming he'll wear a forty though. Speaking of don't know, uh, apparently Skip Bayless doesn't know uh, Dave Damashek because uh, the the my quarterback rankings. If you're not aware, what we've been talking about here on the show a little bit over the last couple weeks and on NFL.com all last week. It ran and uh, got a lot of uh, good and uh, negative feedback from uh, fans. That's how we like it. But uh, Arjuna behind the glass there. So they so they took the list. And here's what I did, Maurice, and uh, and to any listener who isn't aware. As of, I think it's interesting that in decade-long increments, how much our assumptions about who's the best ever change, right. obviously, as time goes by. So I did, as of Super Bowl 10, who are the best quarterbacks of all time? Now let's expand that by 10 years. Super Bowl 20, we did it up to Super Bowl 50, at which point I had Tom Brady ahead of Joe Montana, and then I projected ahead to Super Bowl, and then John Elway 3, and then Aaron Rodgers 4, and people were very upset about that one. In particular, then I projected ahead to Super Bowl 60, people also upset about that. But the Super Bowl 50 list was put in front of, uh, by our uh, our old pal Molly Karam, who yeah. used to work here, of course, now is over there on first take at ESPN. She put the list in front of Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, Ooh. and, uh, and uh, here's what the old Skip had to say. The gentleman who, who compiled this league uh, list, Dave Damashek of NFL.com. Uh, Dave Damashek, yeah. Yep. Damashek, is that how you pronounce yep. it? That's so disrespectful. <laughs> that, that, that's all I need to hear there. I don't want to hear anything else. Like, I'm upset now. Now we're going to have to go ask Skip Bayless, Shaq. He's a, he's, a, he's a journalist. He doesn't ask a question. That's, a, that's as basic as it gets. How do I say this guy's name before we Shaq, go on the air? They don't answer questions on that show. They fire off hot takes. That's what they do. Dave da- Damashek. Damashek, is that how you say his name? Skip, we were colleagues once at ESPN together. Woo! No, Stephen you A. Not, you were not to him. You were just a janitor. <laughs> a little bit more from uh, from Skip there. I, I, I don't just have a problem with Aaron Rodgers at number four. I am dumbfounded by Aaron Rodgers at number four. I, I don't care how talented a quarterback is as you watch him. I'm going to rank his career via his performance, his achievement. Mm-hmm. And I will give you this. Via. Aaron Rodgers did play in and win one Super Bowl. Yeah. And he was really good in that Super Bowl game, even though Troy Polamalu shouldn't have even tried to play in the Super Bowl game. That's the fourth best quarterback on this list behind Brady, Montana, and Elway? You are kidding me. That That's, that's Stephen A. Smith think. I think Dave has been watching our show too much because that's just saying he's that's a it. bad man. Yeah, you're so definitely watching the first the take list. tape, aren't you? <laughs> Listen, that's where I get man. all my opinions. Check me out. You ready for this, Shaq? Yes. 
if Skip Bayless has a problem, you compile your own list, and then you make sure you shoot it to us on Twitter, and then we'll check it out. That's I, don't, a, I really don't believe he knows what he's talking about either. I, I think, think he's gone brain dead too because he just yells. So he does is yell and stop saying two and also Maurice because yeah. then that suggests that you you believe that about me. Maybe no, you do. Here, no, I'm saying <laughs> let him make his own list and let's let's dissect what he has to say. Dissect. Here's the thing: Chris Wesley and I have had this discussion before too, which I think what your list does smartly is also projects a little bit because for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, his career isn't over yet. You know, his NFL storybook is is far from being written. And Skip's argument was like, I'm looking at the career. Well, great. Good for you. You can look back at somebody with four Super Bowls and be like, man, he sure was a great player. But being able to analyze what somebody's doing on the field in the here and now, what that could foretell in the future, I think is a different part of part of analyzing the game. And it's a disservice to yourself and to your fans and your listeners to not be able to make a statement like, MJD, you can back this up. After a couple games of watching Todd Gurley last year, and this is where Wesley and I had this discussion because we got heat on Twitter, was we said Todd Gurley is one of the best backs in the NFL after just a couple games on the field last year. No, definitely. It was it was evident, and I don't have any problem making that claim now. Like, it doesn't serve me anything oh, doing my job. Oh, you should have heard the heat I got a couple years ago, Maurice, when I said Le'Veon Bell is the best running back. What a homer. What a homer. What's he ever – I said, all right, you wait and see. what he's And all of a sudden, now everybody drafts him. Look, overall. you know, this is what we all do for a living here is watch this game a lot, and I think, I think Aaron Rodgers fits at that spot on the list. Obviously, if in his next seven, eight years he never gets another title – Will he maybe slide down a little bit? Sure. I, but. I, I would have Roethlisberger over Rodgers right now. Would you? And the reason I would have that uh. is by the play, right? Because Roethlisberger, he plays. Aaron Rodgers has only been banged up a couple times. You see the way he plays through things, and he has more championships. If we're going to do Super Bowl best quarterback, the number one thing has to be championships. How many have you gotten to? How many of you? People don't like that, Maurice. They they seem to forget that because people go too far in the other direction with that counter argument because it makes them seem smart to say you're just ring counting. So you're saying Trent Dilfer's better than Dan no, Marino? No, 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 I, I didn't no say that. No one that. said that. No, Trent I'm, Dilfer, Trent Dilfer didn't win you, the Super Bowl. I'm giving you ar- the argument yeah, that I always get I when people, I start citing. Yeah, it does matter if you win. This, Super this Bowl, is this is the worst thing that people say because I think Trent Dilfer is the only quarterback after winning the Super Bowl to not play for that team the next year. Uh, Manning's going to join that now, but because yep. he retired. Well, but that, oh, I'm yeah. talking about, but still playing, right? So, how good were you then? After after you win a Super Bowl, they they let you go. I mean, let's be honest. So he's out of that conversation. What I'm saying is, guys, that like you have to have the numbers, right? So, say for example, Marino had so many years, he had all the numbers, but he he didn't win the ship, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers has the numbers. He has the years. He won one. Roethlisberger has the number of the years. He's won what three. Two. Or two. Went to three. Went to got, three. Got lucky in the one. I know Sheck doesn't like here. Which one? I don't like 40. the first one. He was Seattle? Yeah. He wasn't. How I did mean, he get first, lucky in that one? I love, I love, I'm just he saying, didn't win it. He didn't win it, but he didn't lose it. But he, no, no. he got it. But I'm saying some of, so there's, that game is in the mystique in the lore of the NFL with lots of question marks. I want like as what? a response, like Arjuna, do you have it? I asked you to get that for me. I oh, want boy. Roethlisberger's answer when I talked to him on this show. About when whenever anybody cites he, Super Bowl I mean, forty, do you have that, Arjuna? I don't, I don't have to it. As well. What what happened? What happened? What's, there was, what's the there were the questionable calls. There was whether or not his dive was actually in the end zone. He had the worst. Still, he like, had the worst QB rating for I'm a just, winning quarterback in Super Bowl despite, history. Like, I love fine. I love Big Ben. I love Big. But, Ben. But I mean, that wasn't wasn't that one like one of his second year or something? It was it was his second yeah. year. And as I always point out, look at the two games that immediately preceded. Right. Look right. at what he did in Indianapolis and then Denver, and they don't go to the. He's the best player on the field. Save Troy. 
Palomalu for the Steelers. But what I'm saying, like, that's you talk why about, they're in this. You talk about Elway, right? You talk about Elway. Elway had been there. How long was he with the the Broncos until he won one? He got whooped four times in the Super Bowl before he won. No, my, but more impressive is that he got those three teams in the 80s mm-hmm. to the Super right. Bowl because those were some bum bum but rosters. Right. That and, that's, and that's what I'm saying. So that's why he goes up, right? Because right. he was able to take teams. When you go to Peyton If Manning, you think Aaron Rodgers. to me goes down. I, well, obviously I did. The Super Bowl that he got the MVP, he didn't deserve it. And that's no disrespect. He knows he didn't deserve it. Because Dominic Joseph Rod- Adai and Dominic, Dominic Rodgers are the Dominic guy. Dominic Rhodes, yeah. Dominic no. Rhodes, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I, that's exactly right. And Aaron Rodgers, so I know, Gelhar, you're a Packers fan. Real quick. I do try to strip myself of bias when looking at things like this. I don't think you should. I think bias is fine. Don't, I think don't be, a, be, don't be ashamed down. of, of uh, who you are, Alex Gelhar. Don't let these no, cynics. I know. I appreciate your attempt to be clean, uh, clear-headed about this, as I did too. In fact, I don't want to put the Steelers up there because then when I put them up there, then people say I'm biased. I'm real. I was really trying to do a, as uh, as you know objective. Who you don't have up there, isn't it? Is it uh, the Snake, the Raiders' quarterback? Statement. I had him in there for a no, little while. He, no, I did. How many did he win? In Three the past decades. No, he won one Super Bowl. He played in one Super Bowl. Who, who won? Plunkett. Who, Plunkett was the one that won all. He of them, won right? two. Two. Yeah, he won two. He should definitely be up there. No. Come what do you mean? No. He should be in the Hall of Fame. That's for sure. But he shouldn't be in the top ten all time. That's a, he. he won. You have Cam Newton in the top ten all time. Cam Newton as of Super Bowl sixty, Maurice. That's all. Ten you years from now. Yeah, Ten years from know. now. We don't know. That's Well, I mean, of course we don't know. That's why I did this list, to speculate. I'd rather you put Bortles right. in there than if you want. <laughs> one, one, <laughs> one, one more Mariota. thing on the Rodgers thing. Though. Jameis Winston should be in there then, depending on how I almost put Jameis in, in there. I have uh, Russell Wilson at number 10 there, and people were upset but about that. But he didn't that. throw the ball a lot. He I know, but imagine if I had Jameis on there after one year. People really would have gone <laughs> so crazy. What? That's how you get it. Uh, Gelhard, the, the thing with Rodgers is this. First of all, just like Elway and Marino and Brady, too, should be on this list, even though he's had Gronk and uh, Randy Moss at different points in his career, has largely had uh, has had some crummy to, or mediocre talent at best there. Aaron Rodgers, this thing, you know, finally Jordy Nelson proved himself to be a piece that couldn't be removed from the equation. The but before Jenga. that, right, that's right, there's the Jenga piece. But before that, in hindsight now, how good really – were Greg Jennings and Donald Driver and the guys that he was out there. Aaron Rodgers has made those in a bum offensive line. He has carried those Packers teams. And by the way, it is favorable to, to this generation versus 70s guys and 80s guys. Back in the 70s, the norm was to throw 15 to 25 interceptions. That's just the way it was. And nobody was really throwing 40 touchdown passes a season. So you have to assume that, you know, there's an advantage for Rodgers and, and the and the current guys. But that being said, Aaron Rodgers, for as much as he slings it around and the big numbers and the types of passes he throws, he's not dinking and dunking like yeah, Brady and he's Peyton. He's not hitting wide open guys. He's I mean, he's it pushing it. And he never gets it. I mean, he but, he throws. He goes forty and eight. I mean, that, that's about what he he I, goes forty and eight. Just about every he doesn't get picked off. It's a historic pace. His interception to his touchdown to interception ratio is the best in history well, by a lot. Well, one of my biggest things is numbers do lie. Numbers can lie. They can inflate some things. And also, if you're on a winning team, you're always in four minutes. It can deflate some things. So when Skip saying like, you know, you're just using your eyes. That's what you're supposed to use. That's how you determine who's good or not. Because right. again, you can have a guy, and, and and I know the Jags fans aren't gonna like it, but you have a guy like Bortle who threw 35 touchdowns. But I want to say like, other than seven of them, they were trailing. 
Yeah. So oh. you're, you're always throwing the ball. So you, your number should be he great. He was you always putting it in the hole. Yeah. So you should be throwing 4,000 yards, 35 touchdowns if you're always in the hole, right. right? And that's why people say, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers never comes back in the fourth quarter. He's always leading in the fourth quarter. When's he supposed to come He's back? He's often out in the fourth <laughs> exactly. quarter, as a matter of fact. And by the way, I, I forget exactly. I think I, I say those numbers. I think – he was like thirty six and eight this year yeah, in what was considered which a bad year his right. worst year. Like, well, now he's he's been shown, he's been exposed, he's so mortal now. Like, he threw eight interceptions over sixteen games. With Is he really the, exposed now? With the slowest wide receiving core in the NFL, with the, you know banged up Randall Cobb. Oh my no gosh, you guys paid Randall Cobb all that money, and he showed that he. I was think, yeah, two. I think he was. I think he was injured more than they let on, though. I think he was a number two. So he he is. I'm not doubting that. Okay. He's he's a great he's a great piece as a number two. But then no you know some of those some of those things in his uh, in his playoff run, like you're saying that going to the Super Bowls and winning the Super Bowls. You can't fault Rodgers for that game in Seattle two years ago. Yes, you can. No, no. Yes, you His can. last two losses, to say as Skip. The one to the, Se- the Seahawks, you got to take that game over. Once you feel them coming back, you got to take it over. That was your fault. If I'm the, the quarterback, I've been in the games. The, the botched fake field goal and then the no. botched special. Listen, that is not I've been, in, I've been in games. His coach pulling him out on fourth down on the I've goal been line in, several I've times. been in games. I've been in games where the quarterback has changed the play. Because he didn't think he didn't like. I it. think he's done that with and McCarthy th- before too. And I know Aaron Rodgers has done it because I played against him when he's done it. Okay, so don't don't let all the blame fall on McCarthy when oh. when it's sometimes a guy on Beyond Scare Straight said it best. When it gets dark, I stand up. So when things start going bad, <laughs> I'm gonna stand up and show you right. who I am. And I was I needed Aaron like, Rodgers to stand up because it was starting getting dark in Seattle that game. He, he could have done more too. I was, but I'm just saying like we can't. It is football as a team sport as much as it relies on the quarterbacks first and foremost. Like there are other factors. He brought that team back this past year. You know, from the five yard line with like 50 seconds and no timeouts, throwing to Jeff Janis. That is that's his number one game and of then, all time. He then, did it with Jeff Janis. And that was the only guy he threw. The, the defense ball unfortunately folds. Let me right tell you that, something. That's their fault. You the Seattle Matthew. game is not on Rodgers at all. How are you winning by? They how go, are you they, winning by what? Two touchdowns. They went with, down three points. Don't forget they they lost the and lead. Then he went down and they kicked the field goal. He drove them down the field. He didn't and, kick the field goal though. All right. Well, that was a, that was a nails drive when everything was going against you. When he the, had a bum calf, the onside kick. Oh my god, a bum calf! The onside oh my kick goodness. and the ridiculous two That's point conversion that that, that uh, hit the that, that, that hit the said, highest cloud over Seattle that day before the guy caught it. What ha ha, Clinton Dix. That game was the flukiest, weirdest game of all time. And then this, then the Arizona game. game. He he should have won two. Road games no. that the rest of his team let him down. Let him down. Not let him down. He sh- they shouldn't have been in that tight of a game, anyways. The By Cardinals the way, played like poo that game. Here's here's the terrible uh, 2015 of uh, of Aaron Rodgers. Um, completes over 60 percent of his balls. Oh, uh, throws for over 3,800 yards, 31 touchdowns, eight picks. What a C. He's not. That's that bad. Good. He's Wait. he's lost a step. Boy, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> hey, Shaq, did you hear what we said about? So when you run a 40, right? Say if you run a 4-3. And then you run a four or five. They're like, oh, he this lost a step. He doesn't have point. it anymore, right? But if you have a guy like Frank Gore who runs a four six, Frank Gore can run a four eight. It's still, it's still the same. He hasn't lost right. anything. He's he still slow, right? Like, that's what people. It's unbelievable. That's what people think. Same with Aaron Rodgers. So you have a really good year. So I'm telling you, if Bortles doesn't throw 35 touchdowns or more next year. Oh, he's he's lost it. Which is pro- he's probably not. I mean, I think 30 would be a good spot for him again. Next I don't even year think 30. I, to be honest, I think it's be around 25. That defense is going to be better. They want to run the ball exactly. more. Like, I think that is a fascinating point that you've made before. But no, that was Maurice, great. I love is, when I heard is, you say that. That existing running backs in the NFL who are who are held up as the gold standard are obviously much slower. Have a much lower 40 time than they ran when oh. they were at the combine. The combine. There you go again. 
That's what it's called. Somebody tweeted me about that. Like that's the proper. Uh, well, because that's catching on, and because it is the it correct happen. pronunciation. No, it's called a combine. I know what they call it, but that doesn't make it right, Maurice. Please be on the right side of history with this. I'm just trying to keep it real, Shaq. I'm keeping it real, <laughs> sir. Combine. That's what, how you what say is it. it. What is a combine then? A combine is a piece of farming equipment that separates the wheat from the chaff. Now. The fact that it does that makes it an intriguing thing that in Indianapolis, that's what you're really doing. You're separating the football playing wheat from the chaff. But they're not that clever to have thought of that in advance. Mm. It's combined. Combined is a group of people doing one thing. That's what a combined is, which sounds closer to accurate there. I think it's combined. Last thing, fellas, before Cardell and uh, Von Bell uh, make the scene here, rules changes – a few of these uh, rules changes are any of the are the any of these set in stone? They're not going to change the uh, the aforementioned pass catch rule that uh, like uh, that you know why they didn't change that? Why? So we could talk about it because it just only makes <laughs> sense to to get black and white. This is, see how this table's gray? That's what the catch rule is. Yeah, let me tell you something. It is. John Harbaugh is a hundred percent correct that we have the technology. It's just a matter of will to evaluate every play and people say that'll slow the game down no it won't because in real time how I mean don't you sit around watching the games as Maurice and uh, Gelhart we watch the games that together on Sundays I wish they'd be longer and well first of all yeah is that the would that be the worst thing in the world if the games took no. an extra 10 minutes I don't think anybody would really bellyache one but two except on uh, on the east coast on Monday and Sunday nights maybe they this would love true. that but either way um the technology exists. When you sit there and watch the game in real time, everybody says uh, collectively, like, oh, that wasn't a catch. You know, you see the first replay, like, oh, no, he didn't. That ball hit the ground. And everybody in the room knows it. It's sadly ironic that the only people watching the game at a given time who don't know whether it was a catch or not are the referees. I'm not just talking about the catch rule. I'm talking about anything. Did he get both feet in bounds? As soon as you see a replay, most of the time you can say, yeah, he got that. Imagine in the nerve center in New York City or anywhere else, or I don't care, buried uh, you know a mile beneath Kansas somewhere, wherever you want to put these guys, watching this tape in real time. Like, all right, they have access to the things they could just say to the referee on the field, like in his ear, like, yeah, that was a catch. Or, you know, and that would be it. Right. And the referee would just like, all right, catch, that was it. We got the word from the thing. It would take no time whatsoever. The cockamamie, stop the game and throw the red flag. And now we have, well, we got to go to the booth and let's wait and take a commercial break. That's what delays it in real time. You could have the answer inside right. of uh, four seconds. The ref could just be like, hold on. Yeah, hold New York, what's the ruling? They look at the angles. Good. That's it. And their, their rulings now in the catch rule, even though they had Dean Blandino displayed again, are super gray. There's the whole has to establish himself as a runner thing. We saw numerous plays. Devonta Freeman had a touchdown like that where he dove for the end zone and got stripped. Tyler Eifert had a touchdown like that. Odell Beckham had one in the end zone, caught it two, two feet, feet down, down, and then somebody swatted it out, and that wasn't a, that wasn't a catch. Too much gray. And I'm like, what? 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 I don't know. I, I, you know, it's it, it, it's it's just plum loco. I don't I'm, know what else I'm, to say about I'm what I'm glad else. fantasy doesn't have as much gray. Yeah. It's just black <laughs> right. and white, babe. Uh, Maurice, any rule? Oh, so all chop blocks are illegal. But, Sorry, but I, so Broncos. What is, what is it? So is it is it for the offensive guy, you can't cut a defensive guy, but can a defensive guy cut an offensive ball carrier? What about my knees? That's right. I'm just saying. You want to protect, protect everybody. Just take away the low block and low tackle, and we'll see what happens. And then I guarantee you people will go back to low low tackling immediately. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we're really getting closer to flags, and I'm not saying that that would be the I'm worst thing, to work, but we really are getting closer to flags. Like the more that that you reduce this uh, this strike zone, the the crazier the game's going to get. Um, so on and so the the double multi uh, personal foul rule, and uh, you're out of the game, so on and so forth. What do you think, Maurice? I start with you. One rules change you would like to see. Mm. Or Galhar, you can jump in, either one. I, I, I think I would like the kickoffs to go back and make it a play. Go back to what it was and make it a play. Because so many times, you know, uh, I just remember when I first played, kickoff return was such a big, important part of it, right? Because you can change the momentum of a game. Absolutely. You can, you can win a game on a kickoff return, return it to the other 30. Now you don't even get a chance. They kick it out of the end zone every time. So what's the purpose of even having it? Just take it away. Yeah. Just flip take, a coin. Take you started at the 20. I'll say something yeah. controversial now. In football terms, controversial. I feel like I like the kickoffs, too, if I have no rooting interest. But there's nothing worse than being a fan or, I'm sure, a player and losing a game that you win otherwise because a special teams play goes Oh, no, that's the best part about the game. That's see, what people people felt around. I know. Offense and defense, yes, it's the majority of the thing, but special teams plays the biggest role. Especially I know, but it's got a fluke factor when to you it, talk don't about you know? The Those Super Bowl, scores make it fluke. Think about the Super Bowl, right? How did Denver really win that Super Bowl? Defense mm-hmm. and special teams. Because field guess position. what? They flip the field position. It becomes a chess match. Those hidden yards, as they're always called, yeah. are so important. Exactly. And so what happened was when the Carolina's starting from their 15, their right. 10, their 19, every time they can't get anything going, the Denver's starting from the 30, the I was 40. sitting in that end zone and felt real close to Cam Newton because he was always right in front of me there. I don't think is. that – well, I mean, I wouldn't get rid of those things. I, I'm with you. But I do – I just am stating that I find those losses the most devastating for, for watching Steelers games. When they've lost games, to, the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl, they came into Heinz Field, did the Ravens. Julio Jones returned – I mean, Julio Jones. Uh, um, Jacoby. Jacoby Jones returned one for a touchdown. That swung the season. The Ravens wouldn't have made the playoffs. Steelers would have if you just right. flipped that play. But, and that's, that how game. In, that's how important that, that kickoff return is. That's a fluke. Yeah. I've, okay, for example, last year – but this is the last thing because I know it's almost time to go. Yeah. The Raiders last year played the Steelers, and the Steelers won, right? Mm-hmm. The Raiders had – Three fumbles, two on offense and one on the kickoff return, and Pittsburgh winning the score. Pittsburgh won the game by three. So imagine if that didn't happen, if you take it away, you, that didn't happen. What happened? I don't love Pittsburgh it. Pittsburgh loses. The, the counter to that is is that the most exci- – well, I was going to say most exciting play or at least up there in the, in the ranks of uh, pro football is the kickoff return for a touchdown. The most exciting, though, block punt. No. Block punts. Most It'll, exciting. It, most exciting is field goal on the line. Game on the line, kick a field goal. Because then you can get the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns, Baltimore the Ravens game, the, yep. the the block off. That's There's nothing the more 20, exciting than way. that. There's nothing more exciting than that because uh, it's 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 awesome. Galhar, it was such a turn. change and a most exciting play now. Uh, overtime. I I don't know what the f- perfect fix is. Whether it's just a certain period of time you play. College rules for each team. Now nah, that doesn't do it. But there's just something. There's something frustrating about. And no, the, it's the rules, not. The rules you have, now. Everybody like, gets paid. Listen, you what pay does guys. That mean, on, everybody gets you get paid. paid guys on defense to stop the offense. If they don't do it, that's their fault. Nah, I know. Nah. I know. But it's, it's happened. People not, get stopped. Life, not ain't, life ain't fair. You I know think, what it should be. I, I'll tell you the answer. I've I, I've solved this already. The fifth quarter should be a full fifth quarter. No, that's it. No. I would be that, down with and that. And then it's a draw because what happens when Philly did it in Cincinnati? All right, then, it's a so draw. then you get some more ties. That's no. all. Maybe you get a couple more no. ties. That's not the worst thing it's in the not, world. It's not, yeah, it's not the end of the they world. They should just flip a coin. You call heads or tails in. 
And what do you mean? No, this is play. Heads or tails, game on the line. I'm not. That's I, what I'm proposing is fairer no, than the, what it is now. That no, is, you're but you're definitely getting I, the. You ball at least back. you get a fifty-fifty chance. You go. It's, it's it's even. Look, like you said, the offense and defense both get paid. Then, if that's the case, then they should get paid for another quarter, and they can stop and get the lead and win. No, most you exciting get play, Galhar. Uh, I'm kind of on the line with like the a field goal with the game on the line, but I like I would rather see it like fourth down in the red zone game on the line. You know, like we saw with the Super yeah. Bowl, Ravens, Baltimore Super Bowl. Because then there's more variables. Like the field goal is really exciting, and you get the blocks and stuff like that. But is it a run? Is it a pass? Fourth and like, inches is pretty good. Fourth and inches is good too. No, it's not. Because when I you get the stop, sneak. Or like I would like I want like I want like fourth and goal from like the eight or something. No, like that's that. what, I'm not talking about the good. I'm not talking about the situation that's exciting, but the result from the situation that's most exciting is when it's fourth and inches and the opposing team goes for it and your team stonewalls them, that, that might be the most or exciting. If I can say and argue for just a most exciting situation is like a two minute drill or like a game winning drive. There, no, it's too easy. There's so much drama. There's so much oh, excitement. I'm telling you, when when the guy that hasn't been on the field all game has to come on and win the game, that's nerve wracking. I'm talking about. I'm looking at Scobie like, so how are you feeling? <laughs> Don't bring up Scobie, please. You know that's a source. Are, are you kidding me? He's one of. He almost. You know, if he didn't get hurt last year, he'd have been fine. <laughs> Defending Scobie to a Steelers fan. That's a that's a losing proposition. By the way, the correct rules change. I've said it a million times. I'll say it for the million and first. It's a it's a two part kick fix to the kicking game. One, we need to box the goalpost, so now it's a full on square or a rectangle. Right. Then you know. Then there's no gray area at all, and it makes it more difficult. The standard that these guys can just boot the ball as hard as they can, and it soars up high over the goalposts. Now it's like now raise the standard by lowering how high they can kick the ball. Like, they have to kick it through the box will make it more difficult. It's too easy for these guys to make field goals. And also, speaking of that, we should make it that you have to play five plays from the line of scrimmage in order to be eligible to kick the ball. This will get rid of all the five-foot-three guys running out onto the field who aren't football players to kick field goals. Why don't I get a role in the game if that's if we're allowing anybody who's not a football player out there to decide things, then Damashek gets a turn. You should, you, no, Shaq. That's not how it's going to work. I, the one rule I do agree with, though, is eliminating preseason uh, overtime. Yeah. Oh, get that out. Best rule going. You could have just ended. Hard. You could have just ended it preseason. You could have put a pre- no. I like overtime. We don't need. No, I'm saying we don't need preseason. No, no, no. Ball. You need preseason. You need practice. Nah, we the owners make two hundred million a week on preseason games. Look at who's look at. Well, I know, but say I would think you would take the player side of that and be nah. like, yeah, but I'm getting hurt as a result of that. You, know, you can get working walking across the street. One preseason game will be more than enough four to suss cool. out who if these rookies and free agents are good. No, nah, you need four. You don't need four, Maurice. Need four. I'm looking out for you or for your uh, I'm not there successors. anymore, so I'm, I'm looking out for good. these pockets. All right. When are you back on uh, Path to the Draft, Maurice? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. So be on the lookout for Maurice Jones-Drew, and that'll be all the way up and through the draft, Monday Mondays and, Tuesday. and Tuesdays. Mondays and Tuesdays. Ike's going to be coming in to join you in a little yep. bit. NFL. Now you can watch Maurice. And, of course, like I say, fantasy and otherwise. Oh, and the top 20 games of 2015. At NFL.com. Make and sure you check that. And he officially works here, too. I do. He does. It's been he, proven. He does, in fact, proven. work here. Now, as these guys step out, coming up, two prominent Ohio State Buckeyes from that 2014 National Championship season, Cardell Jones and Von Bell, come on in to Studio 66. You listen to Dave You listen to Dave Not one, but two Ohio State Buckeyes, or excuse me, the Ohio State Buckeyes, Cardell Jones, 
Von Bell, what's the poop, fellas? Not much. I'm chilling. Yeah, how, how about you, Cardell? Yeah, just chilling, enjoying this weather. Are you enjoying it so far? It's a little humid, though. You, it you, is. But you look nifty nonetheless, Cardell. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's a nice tie you have. Look at him. Von, a little bit more casual. Yeah, no more casual. tie. What are we going to do on draft day, fellas? Von, what, what, do you have uh, your outfit uh, all planned out now? Not yet. No. Something special coming soon. Are you going to be <laughs> in Chicago? Yeah. You're going to be up there. Yes, sir. You're bringing the gang with you, too. Yo, mom, family. Very nice. We'll need the gang. Well, here's the here's the big thing that we got to talk about in advance. You know, it's a big moment when they announce your name. I don't want you guys now turning to your agent and kissing your agent and hugging your <laughs> agent before you do your mom. You can't do that. No, well, a lot of guys do it, and that's a bad look right out of the gate. You got to hug your mama you know? first. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Cardell, what are you going to do for the draft? Chilling at home. What do you think? I don't want to listen. I don't want to get down, you know, to get into a dark place or anything. But what do you think about? How I mean, even people have asked you this a million times. Do you feel like in the last year, are you like, man, I wish I would have gone? I wish I, I wish I would have put my name in there in 2015. No, of course not. No, of course not. Because why? Because I feel like I wasn't ready. Is that true? And now you feel better prepared? Yeah, of course. What's intriguing to me about you is, as opposed to a lot of these other QBs names that are floating around there, is a lot of these guys are expected to be, if they're getting picked, Goff and Wentz, they're supposed to be like they got to go in there and they have to be the savior of a bum team. You could go to a team that's 3-13, and but you also might land on a team that was in the playoffs last year. Has that occurred to you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. We kind of weighed out all the options, and that would be pretty sweet to, you know, get drafted to a team that has a kind of solidified, you know, quarterback who got a, a couple of years left and, um, you know, go take him taking me up under his wing and, and grooming to be, a, you know, never know, young Aaron Rodgers. Here's what could happen in the first round. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm, I mean this too. I'm By the way, I didn't mention this to you. I'm a Steelers fan. Okay. And so this could happen. With their – 25th pick in the first round, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Von Bell, Ohio State. That could very well happen. What would be your reaction to that? Would you like the idea of that? Yes, I would. Yeah. I might start crying. Would you? Because <laughs> would a, would it be more emotional if it was the Steelers than I don't know the any team? Any team's going to make team. you weep. It's what a blessing. You've already planned that you're going to weep. Yeah. Is that true? It's going to be a little tear come down. What do you think, Cardell? Will you weep? Um. I don't know. I've never been drafted before, so we have to see. That's right. It's gonna happen. There's something it's weird about pre, pre <laughs> yeah, to predetermine that it's. I make, gonna... I make sure there's no cameras around. Whatever I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I here's what I want to hear happen, and I've let the Pittsburgh Steelers know this. I want to hear this in the third round with uh, the tw- whatever pick it is in the third round. The Pittsburgh Steelers select. Cardell Jones, quarterback, Ohio State. Would that make you happy? I'm going to tell them they should have picked me in the first. In the first <laughs> round. Listen, it could happen. I've been singing songs about you, man. I, I feel like – do you tell me what you think, actually, Vaughn, because you're watching this and he's being modest and nice and okay. everything. But do you feel like you hear the names Wentz and Goff and Lynch and all these guys – isn't it a little crazy that you aren't hearing the name Cardell Jones a lot more than we have been hearing it the last, like, you know, six, eight weeks? It is. I know he got a powerful arm and most of mm-hmm. all those guys there. So, I know he could do. Uh been in practice with him. I've seen him in the game, in big-time games. He won his big-time game. So, I've seen what he could do. So, we're going to let the film uh, tell the rest of the story. So, I'm not really worried about it. He's going to take care of himself, and God has a plan for him. Have you ever, in practice or anything, have you ever picked off Cardell? <laughs> you can ask him. 
he, 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 he probably got a he probably got an interception off a off a off a tip pass. Or, oh, you gonna do me like that? He probably got some type of interception, interception, but he lucky. It was probably in seven on seven when I couldn't. You know. It was it was team versus team. Do you have the juice, <laughs> Cardell, at Ohio State to say like? Hey, Coach Herb, I want him off the field now. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be showing up like that. My guys can't intercept me out here. That's not good for my confidence, Coach. Man, no. Of course not. I, no. I want the I'm running all the way to the touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanna I wanna I wanna not just play against the best, I wanna practice against the best. And he's definitely one of the best. I mean his numbers, his his accolades speak for himself. He's all American this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, the the rich history of Ohio State uh defenders there now get about to get even better when the draft rolls around here. What is the dumbest question people have asked you outside of uh, this little conversation we're having here? What's the dumbest question that uh, a team has asked you so far? Really nothing dumb. They just always really? want to test my IQ and, uh, and um, how smart I am and my talents of the game. So I haven't really got any weird or inappropriate questions. Did they ask you – because uh, we were talking to somebody the other day. We were talking to Shaq Lawson, and he said somebody asked him who the fourth president of the United States was. <laughs> Did you get that one? No, I got like, what is the, the big rainforest in South Carolina? I mean, in South America. And that was about really? it. Yeah. That seems unnecessary to throw that one. Did you guys know that uh, one of our presidents, William Howard Taft, the really, the, the really fat guy, do you know that he loved milk so much? that he had a cow living on the White House lawn. That's no, I didn't true. know that. That's true. Wow. If you get a question from a team about a president, throw that back at him and say, bet you didn't know that. We're even now, team. <laughs> yeah, that, you would be pretty even on that one. Yeah. Did you get any weird questions? I did. Yeah. They asked me, was I a cat or a dog? And? I'm a dog. A cat. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm a dog. <laughs> you shouldn't start off by lying to no team. You shouldn't do that. I'm not going to respond to him. Dave, you got anything else? <laughs> Cardell. I mean, what is the – what would be like – it feels like the only answer you're supposed to give there is dog, right? Like a cat. What's the virtue of being a cat as a football player? Always land you're on scared. your feet. Okay, you know what? Cardell's right. He solved that riddle, right? You land on your feet, right? <laughs> He's thinking outside the box. Also, emotionless. <laughs> is that a good way to be to be a cat? Like you you don't care about stuff? You don't, you don't get emotional about, about stuff? I mean, I want to say that, but it's a good – that's a good way to hide I feel like they're always on the attack. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something seriously. You were the face of that Buckeyes team a couple years ago that whipped Bama and did all – I mean, it was – people didn't think it was going to happen beforehand. You did that. And the whole time you were smiling and America loved it. Don't ever stop doing that. Don't lo- Don't listen to the jive about people like, oh, that you know, Cam Newton shouldn't do this or quarterbacks can't be happy out there. Keep on smiling. It was it was it was so charming, was it not, Vaughn? It was. It's like having fun out there with your brothers and keep on enjoying it. Don't worry about the outside world. Don't let these cynics, don't let these curmudgeons tell you how you have to. That's nonsense, you know. Be be delightful the way you the way you've shown yourself to be. That must have been quite a trip for you to be from like you know not playing three weeks and then suddenly you're on the cover of every magazine. You're the, the Sports Center interview and so on and so forth, huh? Yeah, it was pretty sweet, but I mean, of course, I'm a smile. That's my personality, and we were winning. That's why I was smiling. So, unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately enough that you know I never lost a game, so you haven't seen me. He's know, My reaction. Does he bring that up? <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, it never comes up. No. Oh, he's it would come up all the time before me. <laughs> he undefeated still, so. <laughs> that's right. You should brag about that all the time. Who's the best celebrity or football guy you've met in this whole process? Oh, I say Philip Rivers. 
Phil Rivers was, was the Phil coolest Rivers. one, huh? Yeah, just to get his insight and pick his brain a little bit and, and to see how he works, I definitely say Phil Rivers. How say you, Bond? Uh, Marcus Gilchrist. Of all the people in the world, Marcus I Gilchrist. I was just by myself at training uh, in Boca Raton, Florida. He trained at the same spot, and we just picked each other's brain. Well, that's pretty cool, yeah. And Mark Ingram, too, yeah. That way, yeah. Had a couple guys down there. Very nice. Who, if they make the movie of your life, do you want to play you, Cardell Jones? I start with you. Uh, myself. I'm playing myself. I like that. Anyway. I was about to say to myself. <laughs> I, I got to play anybody, myself. Who would do better it. if you guys switched positions? Who would be – would you, Vaughn, be a better – well, who would thrive in that no, way? What? Me. No he way he can be nobody. a quarterback. No way he can be a quarterback. Probably too small. Too small. Can't throw. You, Russell you're Wilson. Pretty smart. You're pretty smart, but you can't throw. And I'm just coming downhill, knocking heads off. And then I can throw. Already, already, I'm already gonna look at what a quarterback is thinking about. Look at that. See, he knows how to warm hey, that thing up. Yeah. You know what I'm no way. <laughs> Who's more handsome? Come on, son. Yeah. Well, see, he he said. All right, but listen, come on. I'm gonna say <laughs> I give him. I ain't gonna go there. I give Cardell's outfit the victory here. That's that's what okay. I'll say. Because he got the tie on too. Hey, have you guys ever seen that show um, inside the actor's studio? where uh, James Lipton, he's a bearded felon, he interviews famous actors up on a stage. Never seen it? No, sir. Anyway, so he asks a series of questions at the end of each one. I think we should do it. It's sort of like, uh, you know, it's not a wonderlick test. It's just to get to know you a little bit. Okay. First, I'm going to go with you, Cardo. What's your favorite word? Twelve. Ooh, Vaughn. VBA. <laughs> What's your least favorite word, Cardell? Twenty-three. Why 23? I don't get it. That's it. I ain't going to even say it. <laughs> What's 23? That's what I'm do. <laughs> There's 22 Thomas guys. Thomas Powell. My other safety. I got you. Okay. What, Cardell? And be careful here now. What turned you on? <laughs> Watch a film. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, spread that out. Send it out to the 32 <laughs> teams. They're going to love that answer. Vaughn. Just say ditto, because that's a good one. That's a good That's a okay, good ditto. Call. Just before you get drafted, that sounds ditto. good. You know? Um, what turns you off, Cardell? Losing. Yes, I hate losing. Uh, listen, Vaughn, I, I, you know, I don't he's want you to take first. all. All right, but I don't want you to take all the answers. He's going first. Let him go first. Let him no, go. let him go first. I like see Cardell. This is also, I'm going to give this tape to all the teams, too, because <laughs> clearly you've shown yourself to be a leader here. Look at Vaughn taking your answers like that. All oh. right, Cardell. I mean, now, Vaughn, what sound do you love? What sound? Yeah. Confetti falling. What is it? Confetti falling. Oh, confetti. <laughs> I didn't realize. It's pretty noisy when the confetti starts going up. <laughs> right. right. Cardell, how say you? I like that, uh, though. I, I hear what you're saying. My daughter laughed. Ah, that's very nice. What sound do you hate, Cardell? Booze. Your baby crying. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good sound. Yeah, booze is no good. My mama mad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now are you gonna are you gonna now use this going forward? Like, if she tries to get mad at you, be like, "Now wait a second. <laughs> I, I I'll heard it. I'll, you should just have you should just always have like on your cell phone a picture of you getting drafted. Like, now wait a second before you yell, remember this now. Yeah. Remember this. This was pretty exciting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, what profession would you want to have? Would you like to try if you're not going to be a football player? Basketball. Baseball. Why aren't the Buckeyes in the tournament? That's a little big drop-off there. You know, I went to Indiana University. We didn't have any trouble getting back to the tournament this year. Yeah, I beat my guys. Yeah, you and really, see. I think you guys should really apologize, both of you, to me for, you know, I mean, come on, the Hoosiers really had you 
down in Bloomington this Stop. year. No. Stop but they had it. you. Stop it. Zeke Elliott made that one long run, but still, he really. about three of them. Yeah. And, and we, I defended the pass. And we game. didn't have our – but we didn't have our QB by the end of the game or our running back. What uh, about that? Excuses, remember? You told me before the show. Bitten by my own snake. You're right. What uh, What profession would you not want to have, Cardell? Um, maybe race car driver. <laughs> I wouldn't want to have that one either, yeah. Hockey. I don't know. Because you ain't tough enough. I don't, I don't know. No, it's you not because tough of enough. toughness. <laughs> you ain't tough. It's about the, the skating on ice. I think it would be boring to uh, – yeah, I hear you on – wouldn't that get boring to drive the whole day? Yeah, boring and dangerous going around and being 180 miles per hour. It, you're right. It's a, three it, different cars. No, it ain't. It'd be tedious on one hand because it'd be so boring, but then on the other hand, you might uh, you might hit the wall at any given time. So Pretty scary. Be nerve wracking oh, too. Yeah. Who wants either one of those things? Yeah, football is a better way to go. Um, if heaven exists, Vaughn, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive? Um, you pretty much accomplished everything. I walk in. <laughs> <laughs> It's not going to be better than what you did on Earth, Vaughn, but come on in anyway. Something like that is what you want. Yeah, How about well, you, Cardell? I want to uh, play that dun-dun-dun-dun, da-da-da-da. Yeah, play that music. <laughs> like, you know, got, we got a little special handshake. What up, 12? Really? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love, I I love it. So they're going to play the Monday night football theme as you come in, yeah. and then God's going to give you a special handshake. Handshake and say, what up, 12? Now the party can start. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. now the Cardell's here, everybody. Get ready. 12's, 12's yeah. arrived here. You seem proud of 12. How did you arrive on that? Um, just a name, 12 gauge, and um, just shorten a little bit and start calling 12. So. 12 is the best <laughs> number to wear as a quarterback with the possible exception of seven. Seven's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. You know why? Let me show you why. Because the number seven, Touchdown. it looks like an – well, that's true too, but it looks like an arrow pointing upwards. If somebody has 12 wherever you go, try seven, and you can tell them why, you, why, why we did that. Uh, I don't know about that one. Think, I think about <laughs> it. Yeah, I might, have to, I might have to buy 12 from someone, but <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll see. All right, well, listen, fellas, delightful to uh, meet you guys. Good times lay ahead for you up in uh, Chicago next month. We'll be uh, we'll be looking for it. Like I say, I'll be very happy if I see uh, one of those uh, Steelers ex- executives hand in both of you guys black and gold jerseys. Maybe they'll even trade up to get you in the first round so that, <laughs> so, so that you'll get that too. Either way, good stuff, uh, Von Bell, Cardell Jones. Thanks for the time, fellas. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Dave. Dave. All right, so there they go. Arjuna behind the glass. What's up? Do you feel that uh, Cardell maybe didn't like that I said third round? Yeah, I, I think he wanted first round. As I said, as it came out of my mouth, I realized like, oh yeah, you're yeah you you're not thinking third round for right. yourself. Or at least go second if you're going with his teammate. I should have done first that. round, you know. I should have done that, but that wouldn't be realistic. And you know the no jive policy. I do. I do know what you're saying, Shaq. By the way, Arjuna, you get the credit. Nice job putting together the Batman versus Superman piece that we got at NFL Honors, where we asked all those players. We encourage you, Nate, demand that you track it down. I'm on Facebook now as a uh, as a what do you call it? A public, public figure? Or something, a public figure? Yes, that's, that's where you should track it down. Go there, Dave Damashek. Obviously, is how you. Uh, you find me there. Or I think even just Damashek. If you search that, it'll pull me up. I don't know how it works. Whatever. Who knows? Um, that video's up there. A bunch of other hooey and applesauce for you. And is this right, Arjuna? On Thursday, we have Josh Norman 
and TJ Ward. That's correct. On the books. That's correct. We're going to sit down with TJ Ward, yourself, and MJD. Oh. Um, Cousins. To talk about, you know, whatever, the Super Bowl and, and whatnot. And then we also have Josh Norman. That's awesome, and I'm going to tell Josh Norman what I told uh, Greg Olson. I feel like I got in their heads because they got that big uh, – they did the whole, like, no one outside this locker room believes in us thing going towards right. the end of the year. And I told Josh Norman at media night before the Super Bowl, I don't believe in him. Just to see, you know, like to help him. Like I, 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 I'm sorry. I told him I did believe in him. That's what I told him. But I also told um, Von Miller that. So it was even. It's not like Panthers fans shouldn't get upset with me because I told Von Miller, I believe in you now. And then he had an MVP performance. See, so I'm going to have to bring that up to job. But I told Greg Olson a couple weeks ago when uh, he helped me get shaved and uh, shaved my beard. Um, I told him that I was, uh, I you know, I now do believe in. Oh, no. I told him I did believe in him before the Super Bowl and the Panthers, and then they lost, so now I'm back to not believing in them. So you don't believe in them anymore? I don't believe in them anymore. So I'm going to have to update Josh Norman on that fact. Gotcha. Might be uncomfortable. Yeah, it might be, it might be interesting. All right, so anyway, Josh Norman and TJ Ward. Oh, it's going to be grand. We hope you'll check it out in the meantime. Thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.